this week we'll be talking about PlayStation, Nintendo, and Microsoft not showing for E3. Activision Blizzard points to Last of Us success on HBO as a reason to allow Microsoft purchases to go through. More games have been given the pink slip. And should we be concerned about the PSVR 2 pre-order numbers? All this and more on Season 7, Episode 5 of Press X Starts Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. I can hear myself in my ear, a.k.a. Cut out that last a.k.a. Go ahead, do it, Marcus. Thanks. No. No, I don't think I will. Who else is here? I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? It's not a dragon. It's a dragonfish. Oh, oh, okay. All right. And last up we have? Hey, everyone. It's me, Avery. Nailed it. If you are watching this live, we greatly appreciate it. Yes, my hair is sticking up like Alfalfa from, what is that movie? Little Rascals. There you go. Nailed it. Little Rascals. Because we are that old. Oh, uh, okay. Well, technically they're called our, our gang. Little Rascals is the modern name for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, look at that. A wealth of information. All right. Now that you know who we are, Press X to Start Gamers Digest is a video game podcast that condenses the most important gaming news from the past week into an hour-long meal just for you we are live on youtube yes on youtube right now we are live every sunday which is today at 3 p.m which is right now hello youtube don't forget to support us by liking the video subscribing to the channel and hit the notification bell if you are listening we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on yes my lips are dry if you want to join in our conversation, you can by joining our Discord at pressx2start.com slash Discord. Now that we've gotten all that out the way, it is time for us to jump into the gaming news. Avery, do the thing. Okay, uh, our first story is from BGC. This is from Andy Robinson. Uh, Nintendo and PlayStation will not attend E3 2023. So the ESA and their flagship production E3 have confirmed it is coming back for 2023, uh, a traditional E3 section. Uh, in what form it's going to be, uh, most people really don't know. It's being uh, run by Reed Pop, who I believe are responsible for the PAX events. So people are just assuming this is going to be a PAX. But that's all we knew going into it. Uh, but it has been reported from various sources that both Nintendo and PlayStation will not be at the event. Xbox has also not going to be an event. So effectively, all three of the big major platform hurdles will not be at the event. PlayStation hasn't been in an E3 since 2019. They dipped out a long time ago. Nintendo has been there in some shape or form. Xbox has been at the events. However, they haven't actually been at the venue, been holding their own separate things like across the street at the Microsoft Theater. So what this E3 actually is going to be is up in the air. Yeah. Uh, that really sucks. Cadet used to be like in my mind, a mecca for gamers back in the, uh, you know, 90s, late 90s, whatever. And in its current form, we will never get to see, you know, we'll never get to actually go there as we exactly. saw it as, as, as younglings. Right. Yeah, so. it's, it's just times are changing. And E3, you know, from the consumer standpoint, has always been, as Sean says, that mecca. But I think from the you know, the industry standpoint has been just a very, very expensive commercial. And I think 
now that, you know, given COVID and PlayStation and now Microsoft having to adjust to doing a all virtual uh, showcase. Well, we're, well just... we're not sure if they're all doing all virtual showcases. It's the prevailing theory that they'll continue doing this, but we are quote unquote out of the E3 COVID era. So the idea of us not having live events is no longer a health and safety issue. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more so just looking at it monetarily in terms of like they don't have to pay for the booth space anymore because they can just do it on their YouTube channel. And... They can spend that money on production instead. Yeah, exactly. So it really like for me, this was going to be the test in terms of, OK, with Repop having this, what's going to happen to E3? Are they going to be able to court PlayStation who, as Avery said, left like 2000? You said 2019? 2018, 19? 2019. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the question was, like, are they going to be able to bring PlayStation back? And the answer is no. So with that being said, yeah, this is going to be a PAX. But the issue is PAX already is PAX and PAX is well-known as PAX. So with E3 trying to be PAX, where is the place? That's a lot of semantic satiation you're doing there. Yeah, well, you know, I do what I can. But um, yeah, and I think, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to, you know, okay, every take it away. Keep on going. Uh, if you jump to this, then you can take it. If not, I will jump to it. Yeah, you're going to say anything next? No. Okay. Uh, the, the thing I was going to say was Jeff Keighley and Summer Games Fest. So we do know that Jeff Kelly was a part of E3. He left E3 because he didn't like the direction it was going. So now he has his Summer Game Fest thing. And, you know, for better or worse, that is doing very well. And a lot of people, I think, in, I don't know, Twitter space, when E3 mentioned this, people were putting Jeff's face in the, um, the timeline and talking about how, oh, yeah, Summer Game Fest won, apparently. I think... It's in a weird space because if Jeff Keighley got E3, would he abandon Summer Game Fest? Uh, the question is, my, okay, the, the issue I have with Summer Game Fest, and I've said this multiple times, is it's less of a coordinated and structured event in more of a Jeff just putting his name on shit that other people are doing and just calling it Summer Game Fest as a coordinated thing. And yeah. my question is, if Jeff got E3, would E3 just be what Summer Game Fest is? Or is, will it be a coordinated, right, let's focus all of our marketing power into this one week instead of let's have everyone, even the smallest people, do hour-long showcases for things they shouldn't be doing? That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, now I think about it, I think the focus should probably be on opening night live or Summer Game Fest, because that is that, you know that one show that has like the quote unquote biggest hits or whatever the marketing terms are. But that gets into a weird space because Jeff Keighley in this weird uh, alternative universe, Jeff Keighley will have E3 summer game fest and then opening night live and then game awards and then game. Yeah. And then game awards. So he, he would pretty much dominate that space, but between E3 and opening night live, like that's just, we're going to see the same games at both places. Well, that's another one of my big issues with the entire Jeff Keighley uh, machine is that yeah. you can only put out so much content, especially now that publishers and creators are more empowered to put themselves out. And then he's also trying to make a commercial product and not a marketing product. And so what ends up happening is you get a two and a half hour Gamescom conference where most of the games are from one publisher. 
Uh, there are a few real big surprises, and it just feels bloated. And then you get to like to to circle everything back to like the core conceit about E3 and stuff. I am disappointed in the fall of E3. I think it's better in the digital age for publishers to be doing their own things, and we've been getting a lot of good content from that. But I do think the industry in itself hasn't figured out how to deal with the lack of E3, and uh, Jeff Keighley hasn't really helped in that manner. In terms of like, I, I'm not gonna. The Jeff does a great job. It's just I don't necessarily think you're not a summer, fan of it. Summer Game Fest is the best product that it can be. Yeah, yeah. But moving we'll back, as far as I can tell, E3 will still exist. It will be very packed, like which will be more uh, fan focused than actual like uh, journalist focused, which is good for people like us because while we always hope to go to E3, the chances of us going to an E3 unless we win some insane contest or get, become a part of a media and then we're just working there, or very slim. It was not open to the public, often. So this is going to be the best chance to get to an E3. Uh, and then games will still be there. Publishers will still be there. We just won't have the big hits from the big three publishers. But that's ignoring uh, the other publishers out there who may or may not bring their content there and do stuff there. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, see. we'll see what E3 turns out to be. That's a solid point. Our next story is from PC Gamer, and this is from Andy Chalk. Uh, Activist and Blizzard exec says, The last of us success on HBO proves the Microsoft buyout should go through. So, I want to preface this by saying that uh, the person responsible for this is Lulu Cheng. She's the chief communications officer at Activist and Blizzard. So, she is their, I guess, for lack of a better term, their PR mouthpiece. I don't want to discredit her and her work and all that type of stuff, but... Uh, if you look into her track record as a mouthpiece for Activision Blizzard, it is not very stellar. So uh, take all she says with a grain of salt. Ultimately, she opens up. This I saw this pop off in the timeline in real time. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, there was a t- tweet by uh, Kyle McLaughlin that said, Hashtag Last of Us on HBO continues to prove that it can be the greatest video game to TV adaptation ever. I'm in and all. This is about the third episode. She opens her tweets with, Hi, at FTC. Did you catch last night's episode of The Last of Us? It was incredible. No wonder the show is breaking records. It's a true blockbuster, watched by tens of millions. If you haven't already, you should check it out. You may be in particular interested in the fact that, so far, okay treat. And then it gets into her diatribe. The Last of Us is produced by Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions. It's based on a best-selling video game produced by a Sony-owned studio and published by Sony as a PlayStation exclusive. Why does this matter? And then she just continues... <laughs> I agree. I'm listening. Like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? I'll lady? just keep going. I think it's 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 okay. funnier to hear her exact thoughts. The FTC has opposed the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal on the grounds that Microsoft could suppress competition from rival consoles by leveraging Activision games. It sounds like there's some worry that Sony's position as market leader could be jeopardized by this deal, but there's no cause for concern. Sony has unrivaled war chests of IP, not just in gaming but in TV, movies, and music, which can be developed into games or market existing games. Case in point, the TV show The Last of Us is already generating renewed interest in that game. Sony's talent and IP across gaming, TV, and movies are, and music are formidable and truly impressive. It's no wonder they also continue to dominate as the market leader for consoles. In gaming, Sony is the first of us, and it will be just fine with the FTC's protection. What? <laughs> Sony is the first of us? Yo, somebody put that on the shirt. <laughs> Bars. Bars. <laughs> Ma'am. What? That's not our okay. fault that Halo... TV show is trash. Why didn't y'all make a Gears TV show when it was? She doesn't work for Microsoft. Hat, like she, she does. First of all, she doesn't work for Microsoft as of yet. But 
<laughs> like, yeah. why didn't Activision Blizzard make a movie or or, or a TV they adaptation did. of the property? It's called the Warcraft movie. <laughs> oh yeah. There was no war in Ba Sing Se. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This is this is disingenuous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, like you're you're pulling at straws. Like you're you're doing all that you can to to relate something like The Last of Us on yeah. HBO as to why FTC should allow the 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 purchase of Activision Blizzard Microsoft. It's like what's happening is we're witnessing PlayStation essentially bear the fruit that they spent time watering the years past. Like, yeah. Which, like, yeah. Which has been my, you brought up the point, which has been my ultimate criticism with a lot of the activism, no Microsoft uh, acquisitions as of late for every obsidian they pick up or rare. I, yeah. Well, that's not even true. Cause they pick, they, they're pushing all of Rare's IP. That's, uh, all I'm saying is I wish, especially in an era where Hi-Fi Rest is a game, now that exists, that Microsoft would focus on that type of IP proliferation because Sony had that war chest, and we talked about this all the time, because during the 360 era, when you were peddling the same three games ad nauseum, they, to their failure, put out game after game after game after yeah. game and encouraged their studios to keep making and making and making and making games. And now they're reaping what they sow, and Microsoft is... Sort of struggling. We'll get to a couple stories after the fact about what is going on. But yeah, I th- I think in all the arguments for the pro Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal, this is the most one of the most disingenuous and once again backhanded compliment, which is what happens in a lot of these uh, things where they're like Microsoft, we can't. You have to let us do this. We don't have any good games. <laughs> like. Look at look at how good Sony's games are. We can't do that. Let us buy this. Like, uh, it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, this is. I brought this story up because it's a it's a really funny story, and this woman needs to be uh taking the task for this very disingenuous statement. Yeah, absolutely. Shame. 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 Okay. Our next well series of stories are a a cornucopia of. Stories are all resolved on the exact same point. So, our first story from VGC, Xbox Studio Crossfire X is being shut down, including its single-player mode. Our next story from Kotaku.com, uh, yet another online game is shutting down, devs promised private server PC version. Uh, this is for Knockout City, followed by this story from VGC, Back for Blood developer announces it's ending development, uh, followed by this story from IGN, Secret single-player Titanfall game reportedly canceled by EA, which is in tandem with this story from Kotaku.com. Apex Legends Mobile shutting down after only eight months. Battlefield Mobile canceled. Uh, that's from Kotaku. And this final story, Epic kills Battle Royale game less than six months after release. This is from Kotaku, and this is talking about Rumbleverse. So the common denominator between all of these games is they are all semi-successful to okay games as a service, live service online multiplayer games and they are all being effectively shut down within less than a year or a year roughly of them coming out yeah right you're being very generous with a uh, crossfire x i will say <laughs> <laughs> to be fair crossfire is a very popular franchise overseas yeah the the mobile right well this is america <laughs> no, no I, think, uh... I, think it's, I think it's a console game oh okay yeah no, it's a PC, 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 my bad. PC, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so the issue with these is unfortunately like even crossfire is like a single player in general you want to stay away from games that need to be played online like if they must be played online unless it's some juggernaut like a call of duty or apex of course why do you need to be online to play a single player mode it doesn't make any sense well well the crossfire's uh defense yeah the game is a multiplayer mode the Mm -hmm. team at crossfire had remedy make a single player mode to the game when they sold it in america so it was always a multiplayer game. There was just a single player mode added onto it. When you say single player, like, are you, it's just not co-op, but you're still it's playing online against? Yeah, as far as I can tell, it's just a campaign. A traditional shooter campaign. Alright. Yeah. So this is just the reverse of like, I don't know, say uh, Uncharted got canceled. So the single player is gone, but also that multiplayer element is also gone. But this is just reverse where the multiplayer element's gone, but the single player element is also gone because it's connected to the whole game itself. I shouldn't have to be online to play a game and I think and this is this is probably off base, but this is why a lot of people had pushback against the original Xbox One when they wanted mandatory, you know, online. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should have just had to be connected or you couldn't play. I, th- I think you had a mandatory check-in. I don't know. Yeah. That's trash, man. Yeah, so these are all multiplayer games. Uh, so it's hard to parse why all of this is being shut down. Uh, you could easily say, oh, we're going through a recession. So a lot of these uh, big companies are tightening the wallets. You can yeah. also say that even when you say that, there are other online multiplayer games that aren't being shut down so there, there has to be more factors it could be their individual popularity which lets you know that you can't just be an okay games or service you kind of have to be a Fortnite and print money to like not be a problem and then wh- what is the actual parameters for success for games as a service and all that there's a lot of things that you could sit here and like dissect and try to figure out I don't have a fundamental understanding I unfortunately wasn't in the ecosystem for any of these games so I can't even tell you like how their communities are dealing with this. Uh, it's super unfortunate. And this gets to Sean's earlier point about online only games is that these games are gone and that means they're gone. There's like, outside of Knockout City, where the devs are yeah. promising, we're going to bring dedicated service to that so you can play in perpetuity with people who have the game. Kudos to them. So, only the PC version, though, just to make that clear. Yeah, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah. uh, someone has to pay for these servers that nah, it used to be back in the day playing like ps2 online and dreamcast online it was peer-to-peer somebody hosted the fucking game it's not impossible to code that into the shit i think from what i can tell for most of these uh franchises is that to do that is going to uh, require more resources than what they're willing to do yeah. and cut out for and so most of these companies are just going to cut and run on all of these games because there's not much value to extract after the fact. And or most of these companies haven't shut down. They're just moving to new projects. So it's like, yeah. yeah. I hear you. Just to jump back to what Avery said in terms of the list of potential things that could have been the reasons for these shutdowns. I think it's just a mixture of everything. And the, the fundamental reasoning being everyone's just tightening their belts right now. Like we've we've seen the layoffs. Now we're seeing the the game shut down. We don't know if the layoffs are because of the game shut down or if the game shutdown is affecting the layoff. Like everything is just mixed up and muddled right now. But it's it is just an unfortunate thing to see all of these live service games go down 
kind of at once, but yeah, it was, I think it was a it, it was a culling week. Yes, it, yeah, exactly. I, I already when Marvel's Avengers went down. I heard someone make a joke about uh, Knockout City. How mm-hmm. no, when Rumbleverse went down. Because Rumbleverse, we 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 know Rumbleverse was going to be canceled like a week and ahead. That shit leaked, and so people were like wondering, "Oh, if Rumbleverse is going to shut down, what's going on with Knockout City?" And literally the next day, Knockout City said, "Oh, we're shutting down as well." Yep, catching strays essentially. What about them? <laughs> I mean, like I think, I think it does go back to the ecosystem and how much money these individual games, minus the Apex. Um, the was it Titanfall Legends yeah. thing? That's Why the only thing that's sort of an outlier, and that it was a single yeah. player game. Uh, from right. what I can tell, it was a single player game that was being made within Respawn. But like, if you look at Respawn's output, they're currently uh, in the midst of an ongoing uh, live service games service that requires a tremendous amount of attention. They're also making a AAA game that also requires a tremendous amount of attention. I think there's an even smaller team in there making smaller projects and things like that. I think from a company standpoint, their bandwidth was stretched. And then from what I remember from learning about this game years ago, when the shit that was sort of leaked that this is what they were sort of working on, like the original person who was making on this game left Respawn ages ago. So like it was operating without a... True director. Yeah, yeah. For a while now. And this is just them being like, probably EA, like, we can focus the resources here on better things. Like, I don't know, Apex. Which makes sense. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pulling all the money in right now, so go ahead and put the resources to that. Yeah, I mean, I think the... The silver lining in all this is that, you know, these developers will still be around. Like, hopefully, not all of them got caught in the layoffs. So it's a potential that we could see, you know, new and interesting products in the future that comes from these people now that they have to jump to different projects or, you know, whatever. The o- yeah, the only addendum I have about this is this all happening in, like, dominoes right next to each other makes me very curious at the planned 10 live service games that PlayStation is planning in the next five to 10 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really hope that PlayStation is looking at this and thinking like, oh, okay, so our games, they can't miss. They can't miss. And it, or if they miss, that is okay. True. True. Yeah. And that they will still be supported, yeah. yeah. Oh, but they don't have uh, extreme expectations like when a, was a Square-owned Tomb Raider? Yes. At one point? Yeah. yeah, when it sold a couple million but it still wasn't enough. Uh, that and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like what? Yeah. It's, yeah. One of, it's one of those things where, like, I well, I am a critic of Game Pass. I think uh, one of the things Game Pass does is it allows you to fake multiplayer numbers and multiplayer uh, engagement because there is absolutely no barrier to entry for anybody to get in. And I'm not sure PlayStation seventy dollars games is willing to take a loss on their work. And not yeah. charge a premium for that. They haven't proved that they're not willing to charge a premium for that. I'll be surprised that they are. And because like the key for all these games surviving is getting people in. And we are no longer in the age where uh multiplayer only games of service that you charge for are actually successful. Hell, even Destiny is now a free-to-play game. Yep. All right. Uh well, before we jump into uh the PSVR two pre-order numbers, hey. Listener, do us a solid. Please like this video if you are watching us. Subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. We greatly need your support because your support will keep us going. I say this every time and I mean it every time. If you are listening, please pause the podcast and leave a review. We'd also appreciate that as well. If you want to join our Discord, you can at pressx2start.com slash Discord. That will take you right where you need to go to our Discord. 
Um, after you do all that, give yourself a high five because you're awesome. Keep being awesome. All right. Uh, let's get back into the, the news. Yeah. So our next story, this comes from Bloomberg.com. Uh, this is from Takashi Mochizuki. Sony flashes PlayStation VR 2 headset output after pre-order disappointment. So the news came in on the pre-orders for the PlayStation VR 2, the $500 uh, headset that Sony is peddling as a successor to the successful PlayStation VR 1. And the numbers, apparently, of the pre-orders that they achieved aren't good, and they're changing their internal forecast dramatically. I think they are originally projected like somewhere around 2 million over the first year. Of, like, mm. Yeah, I think it's 2, mil- it's 2 million. Yeah, they, had two million he- they were preparing 2 million headsets for the games for its first quarter, and I think they plan to have, like, uh, by next year, uh, have around 2 million sold. But now they apparently have slashed that tremendously, and I think they're now expecting somewhere around 1 million or 1.5. Uh, and PlayStation has come out. This is from, yeah, this is from IGN, this is from Anthony Wood. Sony denies reports of PlayStation VR 2 production being slashed. Sony responded in, in one of those rare pieces of responding to rumors from a company. Sony responded and said, we categorically denying this. The application is, Sony has never released any of these numbers uh, publicly, so there's really Where nothing. getting this from, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. So, like, they are saying, where are you getting this information? We have never re- reported this, so we're not going to put any validity to this. Uh, but I tr- still trust Bloomberg to have the right track on what this means. Uh, yeah. They weren't the ones to report on this, though. It was a, a webpage that reported a few false things on Nintendo and Microsoft, and both of those companies have also refuted what this leaker has said before. Oh. So, Bloomberg more than likely got this from the same source that everybody did because this story spread like I, I don't. Mm. I think, I mean, if here's the thing. After reading Bloomberg's story for the last year and a half and understanding how, especially Jason Schreier as a reporter works, there is no way they got this information from a website leak and didn't do their own actual reporting. Yeah, double check it. Yeah. If this is true or not true, this is still just, this is not what PlayStation needs right now especially at the heels of the PSVR 2 launch. Like, uh, for it to be in Bloomberg, especially, is, like, because Bloomberg is not... It's reputable. Yeah, like, that, it, it really sucks. Like, and, and the fact that they had to come out and be like, hey, look, whoa, 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 this is not true, this is not true. Like, that's especially, like... I don't think so. Like, Wait. I think it's more of a thing where uh, it'll sell. Maybe not in the numbers that they're expecting, but it'll sell well. Uh, this is a thing where it's expensive as hell. And uh, people have to try this shit first before wanting something. They have to see the killer apps. Uh, there's another story I want to bring up to this, but in, I think the PSVR 2, there is a 50-50% chance it will be a success. And, and by 2025, whether we will still be talking about this as an actual thing. I yeah. think Sony has, put, Sony has done a pretty good job of building a, I guess, goodwill for it, but it's still, I think, personally very poorly marketed they're, they've done absolutely no marketing for it as they like they're currently in the midst of a big ps5 marketing scheme they put no resources really into this from a they did just put out an ad for it for the psvr2 they did put out an ad for it yeah. cool beans they just put out an ad for the psvr2 like in a couple of weeks when it's before it's coming away. out yeah. yeah like like that no and then the game library is Okay, there are good games on it, but the PSVR 2 is suffering from the fact that it's not backwards compatible. So a lot of these games are just old games that are not being brought on it. And then there is the uh, watching Sony for the last 
five ye- ten years over secondary pieces of hardware, what is their support going to be for this? Uh, we already know from the grapevine, like even uh, the the team who made uh, Squash Games, the team who made Silver Side of the World, they're like, oh yeah, we're not making VR games anymore. Uh, so uh, PlayStation, none of their internal studios outside of the team who's making Horizon uh, are making VR games or are putting VR support in all of their games. So there's like nothing from a first party standpoint to like uh, look up to. Like even the team who made uh, the London Heist game. Yeah, Pistol Whip. No, uh, I, I, uh, Blood and Truth. Their next game is not a VR game. It's a fantasy multiplayer uh, co-op experience thing. So it's like. So uh, since we're online in the studios, I, I have a very like. um inception where i'm pulling in pieces pulling into my brain and doing the the dream rendering so this goes to the the playstation ad that they ran where they had at the end of it they're like oh there's a giant kratos axe in front of somewhere in london and the london studio is like oh we found it what do you what do you think that has do you think that has anything to do with no i think that was them being in london being like here's this cool marketing playstation let's like i posted that ad in the chat I thought it was yeah. super cool. I don't think there's anything involved in that. Um, okay. Somebody found Mjolnir in India, was it? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah I, I'll, okay. I'll pull it up and share it with y'all. But yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But yeah I, I don't think that. I, I think that here's the second story I brought up, and this is why I have more credence in this not being successful. Wait, 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 wait. Well, the, 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 the thing that I was pointing to was, or the thing that I was like guessing was, oh, maybe, maybe London Studio might be making a God of War VR game. Like that's what I that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, well, if they found it, like, what's in, what's the importance of them finding this thing? Like, you know, PlayStation's not just gonna do random stuff like that. So it's like, oh, they must be making some kind of title for it. Oh, maybe they're making a, a God of War VR game. We won't know for a while. But then when I took a another step past that, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what is what is God of War VR? Like, I don't, I wouldn't know what that would even be like. So. But yeah, that was it. That's all. I, I think you drank too much of the marketing goop. Like <laughs> they're, they're like like no. It was too much sugar. <laughs> London studio went to see it because they're based in London and this is a cool PR thing for them to show their PlayStation family love. Not because That's true. like That's true. I, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I'm not yeah. seeing much first party support for this from PlayStation. And then the second story I wanted to bring up this is from Zach Swice from Kotaku.com. Facebook's VR division lost. $13.72 billion in 2022. Facebook owns the market share on VR with the metal consoles. And, and it, a lot of this goes into uh, uh, the meta VR world bullshit. But if the, if the company who's leading the charge is not successful with VR, and PlayStation is now not even selling the most convenient piece of hardware, then I am no longer as hopeful of the success of this platform. Again, that was thirteen billion, not million, billion dollars. That is like that has to break Mark Zuckerberg's like robot face just a little bit. Like that yeah. is insane. Apparently, uh, yeah, I mean, Grant- no, they made they made thirty two point one billion in revenue total for Meta, but this is how much they lost on VR. VR. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, they're fine then. Apparently, Gran Turismo Seven was built from day one for VR. And what I was just thinking um, would would be nice is uh you know how they used to pay developers for extra features or extra stuff like uh back when Xbox used to pay Activision for more Call of Duty stuff or vice versa for PlayStation. What if they built a GTA Six with a VR mode? 
I mean, they already have first person mode in GTA Five. That's true. Hey, that would be a huge selling point. Like that would. Avery's like, no, no. (laughs) It's it's a cool idea, but if you named anyone else but Rockstar, I would have been like, that makes a lot. I could see that happening, but it's like it's Rockstar who lost a lot of their source code for this game and is now spending money and like, are you going to build a VR for this game when VR? Do you have to actually build something separate? Yeah, VR might not be. Like viable in the future, in, in the future <laughs> when your thing is coming out. Oh, that would suck. Oh, I'm man. PlayStation, and if I'm PlayStation personally, I'm not spending money on extra. I, the amount of money I'd have to spend to burn to make Rockstar make an entire VR division to make this work. I'm like, maybe we could spend that on you know acquisitions and funding our other IPs. It's I I have I have big PlayStation Vita energy with this thing. Where it's gonna come out, we're all gonna be like, "Oh man, this is really great!" And then slowly but surely, it's just gonna be fall into like obscurity. And then we're just gonna be uh, ten years later, being like, "Oh man, remember how good the Vita was? Remember how great it was? I wonder why it didn't work out." Yeah, I. It's a wait and see. It's a chicken and egg thing. Is the market there? Are there games there? Is the market there? You know. I think the market is there, and the VR audience is more than willing to like shell out for games. Spend the money, yeah. But it's like it's a two-fold streak of okay, the VR headset's like five hundred dollars. Okay, you also need to have the five hundred dollar console to play it. So it's like the barrier to the entry, especially when Meta has put out the Meta Quest Two, which is a very easy to use non-wired headset. So like to get to Sean's point about chicken and the egg, it's like chicken, the chicken and the egg of this is games. If there is a st- solid stream of games of to the quality of a Half-Life Alex or a uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain then I think PlayStation VR 2 will do fine. But if it's, like, not <laughs> that, and it's just, like, every month or so we're, like, fiending for a good game to play on this thing, it's like, oh, it's it's whatever. Yeah, because, like, even right now, the quote-unquote system seller is Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yeah. But, like, we don't know. Like, it would be one thing if, when PlayStation did that, like, oh, these are the 30 games that are coming to PSVR within the launch window, or whatever. And they were like, oh, we're also developing another Astrobot. Like, that would be like cool to know, like, okay, they should have had that. In the future. Yeah, to, to that point, when they said that he was a, in the launch window, which they thankfully gave a month, these are all the games they're expecting. They also should have, like, once again, this should have been at least a state of play, like, here are the 30 games. And then also, we have these in development for VR to at least know it's being supported in the future. Right, right. Yeah, if not Astrobot, then at least another demo disc like they did for the first one. They released, I think, like two or three tech demo disc type things for it. Right. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully they come out with something like that. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope that this actually gets supported and does better than the PSVR, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll have to see. All right. What's next, Avery? Okay, our final story links back to an earlier conversation we were having. Uh, so this story is from Bloomberg.com. Uh, this is from Jason Fryer. Microsoft studio behind Halo faces a reboot on years of turmoil. So when all the 343 shit was happening, Jason Strauss did his uh, investigative journalism and with Bloomberg came out and gave us a little expose of what was actually going on at 343 and why all of this has popped off the way it does. And they sort of paint a picture of what's going on with either 343's management or the Microsoft upper management who's controlling 343 because all these reports say that after they promised that Halo Infinite was going to be the 10-year platform for Halo and they had planned many more stories to be involved in this franchise from within, 
using it as a vehicle that apparently the teams weren't working on Halo 5, a Halo Infinite. They were making new Halo game prototypes and playing with Unreal and not actually working on Halo Infinite single player. And like, if you look at the multiplayer for that game and sort of how, how anemic it was, I don't understand how this train of events happened with Halo. Management? Yeah, it's obviously a management issue. But it's one of those things where, like, where is the problem lie? Because, like, I want to believe the upper... The management of Xbox and Microsoft have been very bullish on how they feel about Halo, how they want to make it right, all these things. But then you look at the actual developers making the game, and you see none of this. So I don't know where the disconnect is from what they see and what we see and who's all responsible for how this fell apart. Right. It very much seems like there was just bad communication between the Microsoft, you know, PR branch talking about, oh, yeah, like Halo is going to do well. We're going to make sure it, it works. We're going to support and X, Y and Z. And then like in the studios, just monkeys on fire. Like it's so. It's wild, it's shocking, but then I think like, oh yeah, like Xbox also let go people from Coalition. Like, they're, what, number three uh, Xbox title. And it's just like, what? What is actually happening in these studios? And it's, what, what's, what's made clear with this, and you know, I'm just, I'm also speculating, but what's made clear with this is that Xbox is growing at a rapid pace to try to keep up with PlayStation, but not understanding why they're succeeding. Yeah, not even not even why they're succeeding, but just like the balance of actually supporting their studios. I, I'm 100 percent in mind of you. I think you hit the uh, the the nail on the head. It, I think that they balloon so big with all the talent they've acquired and all the individual things that they haven't really done the uh I, I guess triage or like uh, uh like work to integrate and set goals and plans and support their studios so so it just sort of feels sort of aimless and then i don't this is just me being negative about game pass i think the sort of effects of game pass is that like there's sort of this as a subscription service and what it really exists on is like quantity over quality sort of a situation and that's not that's mean uh when i say that i don't actually mean anything disparaging i'm just meaning that this is how subscription servers work is that they just need content out so they're sort of like as long as these studios are working i don't know it's uh it sucks it, it truly sucks uh if anything came out of this we know that uh 343 is still working on halo going forward they are abandoning uh the subspace engine which is the engine they've been using to make halo which apparently was not good for halo infinite and they're divesting all their uh, influence into Project Tatanka, which is the creative assembly-led, no, cre- uh, certain affinity-led BR for Halo, which I, I mean, Godspeed to you. If Halo Infinite couldn't succeed as a games of service shooter in this market, I don't know how big of an effect the Halo brand will do for a BR. And as someone who plays a lot of a, one of the more popular BRs, I don't necessarily know like a lot of halo people are like oh a halo br will fucking be gassed it's going to instantly be one of the best things in the world and i just sat here and watched halo infinite have one of the best launches of all time and then quickly fall into oh this is just this is a game that is it's failing on metrics of success that it's supposedly set out for itself right i think to get at what you're talking about with halo and and its br 
I think what they should probably do is do a BR, but also do a escape Tarkov mode. Because I think the escape Tarkov is not. Yeah, like I think that is a thing that will probably start to pick up more steam in the future. Yeah. So I think doing a BR is already late. I also think them doing Escape from Tarkov Light is also going to be a bit late. Mm. Uh, I think. You think so? I mean, because the rumors is that Destiny or Bungie's supposed to be doing something, and that. Yeah, and I, 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 I have enough trust in Bungie as a team to do something, especially if it's probably going to be console focused, and be like the yeah. first of its time focus on that. Meanwhile, one of my one of my criticisms for the uh, Activision. DMZ, I haven't played it. I only know from uh, Cursed Things is that comparing it to the other Tarkov lights, that it oh, it focuses yeah, it focuses so much on the Call of Duty of it all to being a more palatable Call of Duty uh, thing that it loses some of the actual like Elements. what makes those games so like intense and why people love it. And like I yeah. I feel like if you're going you're coming into this trying to make a Halo Tarkov, you're going to try and put as much Halo into this game, and you might lose enough of the Tarkov. And then I'm keeping it a buck. That's a three to four thing out, and in that time period, I think if that, I mean, like that's definitely they, yeah, you're right that, in terms of like the timeline for it. But for for Halo to put out BR right now, it is just like, oh, well, you guys are are shooting like three years in the past. Like, yeah, I feel like it, they'll fall into a Ubisoft problem where like you're chasing a trend that is already passed up. I mean, it's right. my other thing is like there's not really loot in Halo as a thing. That yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like them having to essentially this isn't like. DMZ, where they literally just took the Warzone assets and made a Tarkov game from it. This is a I we need to build an entirely new frame, and then we have to build an entirely new worldscape, which isn't really Halo for it to work. Because like outside of New Mombasa and like Halo Two, you're not really fighting in cities in Halo. You're fighting in big under like alien space constructs. It's the whole the whole different experience. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm along the same lines of you in terms of they box themselves don't... into a corner. Yeah, like they yeah. fumbled the bat. Yeah, and uh, I, I just I go back to the the I don't know who it was, but the guy was like, "Yeah, Hale's not going to have a BR. Like Hale doesn't need a BR." And it's just like the only BR that we have is battle rifle. That was one of the Halo go, producers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Halo fumbled the bat. They they did and this is proven twice at this point they did i think the bad move of splitting their multiplayer from their single player and they didn't have a strong content roadmap and then they just didn't understand gave the third so like i'm not confident right now i think if 343 is getting another go at it we won't see another mainline halo game from them for another three to four years if they're not trying to pick up the pieces of infinite (laughs) so yeah uh we'll see it's it's a real shame Halo used to be one of my favorite shooters, and same here. It's 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 a shame. Yeah, it's sad to see it fall so low right now. It's also sad to have called it. Like I would have loved to have been wrong. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the gaming news. Before we wrap this up, Avery has been playing a game about being in a space filled with the dead. Dead space. Well, remake. Dead space remake. You see how I nailed that? You're horrible at this. I said this along with the remake. Anyways, Avery, you've been playing Dead Space Remake. How's it, how's it been? Uh, yeah, so as of Saturday, February the 4th, I beat it. Um, it took me about 
since the game came out or so like about a week and a half and about 10 to 12 hours over that period of time to complete the entire game i think this is fundamentally one of the best remakes i've ever played i think this actually wow. might be my favorite remake i've ever played uh really i think well like uh, let's take a step back and talk about the other remakes i played <laughs> even the original developer said they did this one a solid like this is yeah wow even compared to blue points stuff well like, here's the thing uh demon souls is a code of paint they changed nothing the code of paint okay. uh, uh shadow of the closet it's a code of paint they didn't really change anything it's a code of paint yeah uh okay. last of some mild technical changes uh but ultimately it's a code of paint re2 and re3 those are reimaginings more than they are remakes mm. if that makes okay. sense yeah. this 100 feels like the original dead space but being an entirely new experience that like i have no real frame of reference for situations like the biggest thing that they've added that's like fundamentally different is that there's no longer levels in this game before like you would uh, end a chapter it would cut and you'd go to a new chapter and then there's no real backtracking now the ishimura is an entirely 3D space that you can explore at your leisure. You can go from the beginning of the ship to the end of the ship at any point you really want in the game if you've already unlocked that area of the game. They've also done the God of War uh, one situation where now the camera is always on Isaac's back. And the game has cutscenes now. And like, yeah. Wasn't it like that for two, though? Dead Space 2, where it's always on his back? Uh, I'd have to go back and play Dead Space 2 again, but I don't remember much if Dead Space 2 was a single shot. But in this one, it stands out a lot because there are actual cutscenes in this game. And there really weren't cutscenes in Dead Space oh, 1. Oh, I see. So even the cutscene, the camera is on. I yeah, the only, they're, they're do, yeah, they're doing a lot of war. Like, even the cutscene is always cool. on Isaac's back. Uh, the choice to make Isaac an actual character now and not a uh, voiceless... Uh, yeah, NPC. Yeah. NPC is fantastic. I love this Isaac Clark. He's fundamentally... like. Isaac Clarke is one of the OG goats of the PS3 generation of a protagonist. And it's so good to see him here back again. And they've done so much to actually reinforce the idea that he is an engineer and how much of his abilities and skills like uh, fundamentally go into that. All the story changes that they've made are fantastic. There's like a twist at the end of the original Dead Space. That's really good. And they've somehow taken that twist and twisted it again in this game to be even better twist. Interesting. Uh, all the nah, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. I'm all play the side it. characters in the original game were sort of just vessels for like moving the story forward. Now they're all fundamentally interesting character. Oh yeah, fundamentally interesting characters that you really feel with, including one of the characters who has like a big turn towards the end of the game and becomes super villainous. And now you play this game, it's like, oh, I, I get where this character's coming from. They're very sympathetic. Like I, I genuinely really love this Dead Space. And after hating my time in Callisto Protocol. I, yeah. it was like a breath of fresh air to play this game and like have the old Dead Space like muscle memory work out. Like, oh, I walked into this room and there's a bunch of dead bodies here. I'm gonna spend the next five minutes destroying every dead body in here. So when the eventual Necromorph thing comes in to rest everything, it can't. That was one of my things that annoyed me the shit in the Clifter Protocol. You walk around, you see a bunch of dead bodies and I'm like- You couldn't pre-kill them. You can't do anything to them. They're just, they're just part of the environment. They're like, it's, it's, it's not satisfying. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the rule in Death Space was if you didn't kill it, it's not dead. Yeah. I continued my, like, I played Dead Space 2 the most of any Dead Space, and I still love Dead Space 2. I think this is better than Dead Space 2 okay. in terms of, like, an uh, entire package. 
Uh, I'd be curious to see what this team would do with a remake of Dead Space 2, which I don't think they need to do, but I'd be curious if I, my feelings of Dead Space 2 would uh, accelerate. I did the classic Avery Williams thing of I used only the plasma cutter and sold all my other weapons uh, and beat the game. So I, I, I shout out to any game that gives you a weapon at the beginning of the game and it makes that weapon as viable throughout the entire experience. Outside yeah. of dealing with small mobs, the plasma cutter fucking shreds. and I love that gun. The game is so fucking satisfying to play. Uh, the only issue I what, have with the, the um, what about the uh, I, I forget the actual name of it, but like the intensity thing where like if you're backtracking, it I might hate change it. certain. I absolutely fucking hate. It. <laughs> I I think with all the backtracking in this game, it's super annoying to want to go back and open a door that you like Castlevania story style got the key for now, and then having to walk ten feet in in the old Dead Space. Once you cleared an area, there was nothing yeah. appears in this Dead Space. The game will gauge. It's sort of like the AI uh, director from Left 4 Dead. It will gauge your progress and spawn enemies randomly in your path. So when you backtrack, so it doesn't matter if you've cleared everything. The game will spawn enemies with your difficulty level depending on what level of enemy they spawn, and how many, and what strength. So like that's super annoying. I fucking hated it. But my only big flaw in this game is I'm not a horror guy. I play a lot of horror games, but I'm not a horror guy. I don't like horror at all. I think I play horror games if they're really good and I can feel a sense of empowerment. But like, I don't like it. So I can only play this game for like an hour and a half at a time before I'm being like, I'm done. This game is giving me nightmares. I'm done. Hey, you know what? You're better than me because I I look at this from a YouTube standpoint. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch the ending if I'm going to even interact with this game. Ain't no way I'm putting this in my console playing this no the game is the game 100 gives me nightmares the like environmental design the like i can't i i want to go back and play the original dead space to remind myself how scary that game was because i also cheated the original dead space i spent like five dollars and got the dlc armor that makes you stronger and i just walked through that game uh so was, <laughs> I, I have no like i had no fear of that game because i knew no enemy could kill me every walk through the game with the plasma color drawn at all times <laughs> well, no, that's, no, dude that's the reason i use the only plasma color in the first dead space because i'm like I don't need to experiment. I, I'm not, yeah, right? I don't feel that. But this one I did, and it was like, there's a secret, like every sound the game makes sounds like a necromorph. While also sounding at the same time as like a, a, a natural part of the environment. Well, yeah, they did that on purpose too. Yeah, like you used to do that in the first game, but like at a certain point, you're like, this is a sound cue. This, this game is just fucking with me. I've already backtracked. No new enemy is going to pop up here. In this game, I walk into a fucking hydroponics and like the sound of like the sprinklers turning on sound like a necromorph screaming. And I'm like, why does it sound like this? Like when you're in zero G, every time you hit your jetpack, it sounds like a necromorph screaming. Like everything sounds like a different <laughs> necromorph screaming. Like and it's just so... <laughs> I, it, it's necromorphs all the way down. I, I'm not joking. This game gave me nightmares. Yikes. Something is wrong with me because I, I, I play these games hours at a time. I don't know. Yeah. Not no. Mm-mm. Yeah. But I can only play this game in like one to two hour settings. Uh so I beat it. It's really it's really fun. Really it's a really great game. It's probably one of the best I will say it is the best remake. Mm. It's some of the top five. It's definitely one of the top five. I, I think I think it's personally my favorite remake I played of all time. Uh I'm hoping for more dead space. From these team, I hope they remake Dead Space Three and just re-release Dead Space Two with some quality of life things. Uh, I'll play Dead Space Three with you. I'm gonna play that game solo, like I re- did the original time. <laughs> Wait, is multiplayer Dead Space Three is multiplayer? Dead Space, Dead Space 3 Two had co-op, had, co- had co-op. It, it had forced co-op, like EA forced them to put it in there. 
Oh shit. <laughs> but outside of co-op missions that you get from playing at co-op, the, the game doesn't really change if you're playing as a co-op person. I beat the entire okay. game by myself. It was it was fine. Yeah. What changed the way Dead Space worked was that a lot of the upgrade system was tied to like gathering materials, which you could spend real money on. So you could be in the beginning of the game and spend real money to get super OP really early. Which I've been oh, I've been of the mindset that like if you put microtransactions in a single player game to make someone super strong, I have no problem with that. Fucking yeah. more more power to you. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> if, right. if people want to if people want to spend money to like change their video game experience, just let them. Just don't balance the game. Just don't balance the game around it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely too. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, so right now I'm going back to Returnal, and then I am going into a uh, cave until Hogwarts Legacy comes out, so I can finesse myself a copy of that game and not support J.K. Rowling in any way. So I can be part of the intelligent discourse and not the internet discourse. Mm. The internet discourse is not happy right now. You, no. you want help with Returnal? Huh? I'm not going back to Eternal. It's not happening. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. All right. Well, um, hey, that's that's it. That's that's the podcast. We did it, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Press X to Start Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed our episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to please like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. Don't forget to leave a review if you are listening to the podcast in audio format so that is on your phone on your bluetooth speaker in your car through your child's belly hey whatever you're doing all right make sure you leave a review we greatly appreciate it after you do that do us a solid give yourself a high five go play some games wash your hands remember wash your hands and just have a good time Yeah. Thank you again. Take care.